Hey everyone, this is a brand new podcast called The Triple Option Report. And on this first episode, we'll be talking about how money is affecting negatively, not just sports, but also college football. Now, as a kid growing up, I've always remembered that conferences were always more regional-based. You had some that were out of line, like UCF and the MAC didn't make any sense. But for the most part, college teams were always the same rivals facing the same teams they've been facing for the last several decades. Around the mid to late 2000s, though, something changed. Miami and Syracuse and Pitt and Boston College and schools like that left the Big East. And football, it pretty much led to the death of it. Especially when later on, teams like West Virginia and Louisville and Rutgers left for more money, too. The Big East, what was left was just turned to the AAC which is now not even a Power 5 conference. In the beginning of the next decade, in the 2010s, you saw even more change with the Big 12 getting gutted with Colorado, Nebraska, Texas A&M, and Missouri all leaving. Missouri joined the SEC and A&M joined the SEC. Colorado joined the Pac-12 and Nebraska joined the Big 10. This led to the Big 12 having to get West Virginia, which killed the Big East off, and turned into the AAC. With West Virginia and the Big 12, Big 12 was just 10 teams, and it made less sense from a geographical concept. Since West Virginia is in the mid-Atlantic and nowhere near the other Big 12 schools, which are in the Great Plains Midwest and the Southwest. Now, Nebraska and the Big 10, in a certain aspect, does make sense to me. You can make a rivalry with Nebraska and Iowa, which they were able to actually do rather easily. And they were able to make rivalries with Minnesota and Wisconsin as well. But it was still somewhat of a culture shock. And Nebraska is not able to get into the California or Texas areas like they were in the past because of the lack of connection to certain Big 12 schools and schools in the West. Missouri and the SEC makes no sense from a geographical concept. Makes no sense from a cultural concept. Makes no sense from a tradition concept. Makes no sense, period. And A&M, I could see it. It makes some sense. Texas in the South... Although now, SEC has a free way to get into Texas now, which it didn't before in the past. So that's even more talent towards the other SEC teams that Texas A&M could have kept for themselves if they stayed in the Big 12. And to make matters worse for Texas A&M, they haven't improved that much. They have one double-digit win season this entire century. That's less than Minnesota, less than Kentucky, less than Northwestern. So yeah, hasn't helped them out much. Hasn't helped Rutgers, hasn't, hasn't helped Maryland, hasn't helped Miami, Florida, or Virginia Tech, at least not recently now. Hasn't helped really any of these teams to improve much. Hasn't helped any of these conferences improve much. It's kind of the same it was beforehand. SEC on top, Big Ten number two, everyone else. Now though, even worse because SEC and Big Ten are spreading out even more because they're getting more teams because these conferences are starting to lose even more money. Lose TV deals. Big Ten's getting more TV deals and bigger contracts with NBC and with Fox and CBS. And the SEC is getting a bigger contract deal with ESPN and ABC. The Big 12 is fine to a certain extent, albeit the, t- the teams they have now is starting to look more and more like what the AAC was at the beginning. Transitioning from the Big East. As for 
the Pac-12 and the ACC, especially the Pac-12, big trouble. The Pac-12 right now, they might not even have a TV deal. I don't know how much longer they're going to survive. But the ACC, there's been rumblings that, what, seven teams could drop off? Or they want to make their own conference or, or force everyone else to leave? This could be a disaster. You're going to be left with just two conferences, two mega conferences, dominating the entire FBS pool. All the other conferences will be meaningless. Tradition will be destroyed. You, you not, region won't matter. Tradition won't matter. Rivalries won't matter. Games like Michigan, Minnesota, I don't even know if they're even played anymore. Other games like Alabama, Mississippi State, don't know if they'll be played anymore. Like, th- this could really affect how, historically, how college football is perceived. And it's all because of money. Now, with bowl games, since I was a little kid, sponsors have always been a major part of bowl games. I mean, there are bowl games called the GalleryFurniture.com Bowl and the MicronPC.com Bowl when I was a kid, so... Sponsors itself aren't a bad thing like that to me. But when they start affecting the quality of bowl games or how important bowl games are, then yeah. The Sun Bowl is a perfect example of this. Originally, it was like the, the mini Rose Bowl. and had a lot of prestige to it. It's the oldest of the non-major bowl games. It's been going on since, what, 1930? It was always, traditionally speaking, the next best Pac-12 and Big Ten matchup for teams that couldn't play in the, in the Citrus Bowl or the Holiday Bowl or the Rose Bowl. So it was, it was pretty much like the third or fourth best Pac-12 Big Ten teams facing off against each other. Now, it's not even a Big Ten playing in Bowl anymore. It's a Pac-12 and what, the ACC? What, the Big 12? It is definitely not third or fourth best Pac-12 team anymore. Like, like, like the 6th or 7th, it's played, I don't even know if it's played on January, I don't even know if it's played on New Year's Eve anymore. It's still on CBS, so that's fine. But the sponsorship now is the Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes Sun Bowl. That's literally what it's called now. And the main logo is just Tony the Tiger's fat face up front. Like, it, the actual meaning of the Sun Bowl, at this point, wouldn't be surprised if by the next two years, it just becomes the Frosted Flakes Bowl. And you wonder why certain players are now skipping bowl games. It could get to the point where they skip almost any non-playoff bowl game. In the past, I don't know if they skipped the Sun Bowl. The Sun Bowl would have enough prestige that players are probably still playing it because it actually meant something. What first or second round projected player would want to potentially risk injury playing in the Frosted Flakes Bowl? Doesn't even make sense. I wouldn't. If it was a Sun Bowl and you talk about its prestige and its history, about how it was like a miniature Rose Bowl, I'd probably play in it. A Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes Bowl? No. It, it, but stuff like this is what affects the prestige in college football. People are like, well, why don't people watch college football games? Why don't people watch college bowl games anymore? Why don't people attend bowl games like that anymore? Because you destroy the prestige. And I'm not talking about all bowl games. Like, yeah, stuff like the, uh, I don't know what, we call it, used to be called the GMAC Bowl is still under a sponsor. Is never not under a sponsor. Like, those lower-level bowl games, okay. You know, it is what it is. The, the, the point, like, those are meant to just help smaller schools get extra practice and extra money. 
that's fine. But stuff like turning the Peach Bowl into the Chick-fil-A Bowl? Yeah, that could kill off Prestige. Turning the Sun Bowl into the Frosted Flakes Sun Bowl? Yeah, it's nasty. And it's all because of money. They're not going to change because as long as they're making money, the people up top, they don't care. And they're happy. This could be a reflection on society itself and how money is controlling a lot of things now. We're getting more and more capitalistic. Hustle culture and whatnot, people's lives are controlled are, are around how much money they can make. And in, in general, everything's a lot pricier now because people up top are, are too greedy to not want to make more money. Even if they don't have to make more money, they still want to make more money because they're greedy. Same thing with college sports. People up top want to make more money, so they want to focus more on sponsors. They care less about actual quality of play or quality of games. One example of this, in games now, uh, they now have it that, in, that to make games shorter, because a lot of them are very long, but three and a half to maybe even four hours long, to make games shorter, they're going to have the time keep going, the clock keep running at their first down, which is going to complicate a lot of games and probably make them a little more, a little more messy and sloppy at first, make things more convoluted. And a much easier thing to do would just be to cut down the commercial breaks. But you can't do that because you got to make your money. And while doing this, still not paying players what they need to. So between this and dumb NBA midseason tournaments and stupid fire fireworks that come on during the NHL Stanley Cup presentation, just dumb things like this. It is just big businesses and, and big corporations ruining sports more and more. Because they need to make money. Because everyone's got to make money. Because money is the root of all. So we'll see how it ends. But right now, it doesn't look like it's going to end well. So now we're going to switch gears. And end every episode with my big time pick of the week. My big time pick of the week this week. Redundant. Is at the NBA Finals. Now, I made my predictions. With the NBA playoffs in general. are pretty on point. I thought the Heat can make it as far as the Eastern Conference Finals, and it made it to the Finals. I thought the Lakers, with how that team was made around LeBron and AD, can make it as far as Western Conference Finals, and it made it to the Western Conference Finals. I always thought the Nuggets all season were a dark horse to win it all. Now, I'm going to see the Nuggets versus the Heat. I personally don't think this series is getting any farther than five games. I think it's a bad matchup for the Heat. I think the, the Nuggets are just bigger, they're taller. They can shoot as good, they play as good defense, and the Heat have no answer for Jokic. You forget how tall these players are for, for the Nuggets. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is 6'10", and can shoot threes. And he's playing better defense and rebounding better. Aaron Gordon's what, 6'10", himself? 6'11", 6'10", somewhere around that? Even Jamal Murray, he's a very big point guard. He's 6'4". In fact, for Kentucky, when he played in college, he plays a small forward. Like, the, the, the matchup is just not a good matchup. They have no answer for Jokic. He's too big. Bam is not going to... If Jokic could do what he did against, what, Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert? What makes you think Bam Adebayo has got an answer for him? I think it's a bad matchup. I don't think this is getting any farther than five games. I don't think it's really competitive. I think Nuggets could really blow them out, honestly. This could get as bad as Spurs-Cavs 07. So that was my big time pick of the week. 
And this is this is the first episode of Shublox Report. It'll be about sports, comic books, and pop culture. It was just sports today. We have more about comic books and pop culture later on. See y'all.